Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hartcastle. We are ending a journey where we've been talking about this thought of mastermind. And, and, and I've been telling you guys, change your thinking, change your life. Because uh, Proverbs says, as a man thinks or as a woman thinks, there their life is directed. So if you think a certain way and you, you think this about certain people and certain classes of people, your life will actually be dictated or determined by that thought that you have. And so we've been learning over the last several weeks, how can we allow God to to become the master of our minds instead of our history or our upbringing or our cognitive bias, how we judge people, uh, how we determine uh, people are of certain places. And so I hope that you've been challenged like I have in the thoughts that I've been kind of presenting to you about how we think. Uh, I know this past week I was faced with uh, cognitive bias. I talked about it last Sunday. And if you remember, cognitive bias is where you have a certain perception or thought about somebody, something, a social class. Um, maybe you have a certain idea about a economical, an economics class or a group of people. And so you have this bias and you don't mean to, but you have it possibly from your upbringing, possibly from mom and dad. Uh, possibly it's from maybe the culture you live in now, you're with your friends or with, uh, maybe your coworkers. We have a bias that kind of ingrains into us. So I was at a restaurant the other day, a fast food restaurant, and I was standing kind of back a few people as I was watching the person that was ordering. And I had a bias moment. Now, I, 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 I probably had this a lot. I just didn't recognize it until after I preached last week. And it was, could they not have gotten dressed up a little bit better to come through a fast food restaurant? I mean, I realize that fast food is not like wear your suit and tie, but could you at least? I mean, it's like, you know, the, is there a Facebook channel that's like the people of Walmart? This is, this is kind of, I'm looking, I'm going, oh my goodness, what in the world has she drug in here? And, and, and I'm like, would you please, you've been standing in line for 10 minutes. You don't know what you want. It's thinking McDonald's. Nothing changes. Just order what you usually get, right? And so I have all this bias. I have this, probably I was really very hangry, I'm sure. And, uh, and so anyway, that, that sometimes comes into us. And so we've been talking about how can we take those thoughts and take those things that have dictated our life for so long and take them captive and surrender them to Christ so that we can have a, an overcoming life. So we can have an abundant life in Christ because that's what he really wants. And so I talk, I talk to you about meditating on God's word, that, that the only arsenal that we have when we fight our enemy, we have this full armor of God. Ephesians talks about uh, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith. But the only offensive weapon we have is the sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's the only weapon we have when we're fighting an enemy, a spiritual enemy, 
is our, the word of God. Our words mean nothing. Our words fall short. But God's word penetrates, divides, cuts, and destroys. Is what scripture says. And, and so uh, we've been learning that uh, our first week we learned about uh, for our weapons are not of the earth. Our weapons are not carnal. No, they are, they, are, they are heavenly. They are divine. And what do they have? They have the power to what? Demolish strongholds. And you guys, I've been talking to you, the strongholds in our life, so many times we think strongholds are addictions. Strongholds is perversions. Strongholds is uh, maybe something that we struggle with for years. No, no. I believe the greatest stronghold in our life is what goes on in our mind. This is the battlefield. This is where all fighting takes place in here. This is where the thought begins. This is where the thought grows. This is where the thought is watered. And this is where the thought becomes reality in our world. The power of what, how we think, because scripture says, as we think, our life is directed. Are you all hearing me today? And so I talked our first week that the stronghold in our minds is the first place we have to start. We have to recognize the lie. Recognize what the enemy has spoken into us all our lives. You're never going to be good enough. You never amount to anything. Or here's another one. Let me go the opposite way. You're good. You're better than that. You're, you're way better than God. You don't really need God. You can do it on your own. You can make all the money you want. You don't need God. You don't have to tithe. You don't need to tithe. That's for foolish people. That's for, for uh, people who are poor. They just, the only thing they have is God. But you make good money. So therefore, you don't have to honor God. This is the lie, the stronghold the enemy puts in here, and you begin to believe it, and you begin to live it, and you never really see the power of God demolishing the stronghold. And so we're talking about demolishing strongholds by meditating on God's word. I challenge you, meditate, meditate, not a home, home, not that. I'm talking, get God's word, write it on a piece of paper. What is the lie the enemy has told you? You write a scripture, you find a scripture, you put it on a piece of paper, and you meditate on it all day. If you need to, you stick it on a post-it to your forehead by osmosis. You get it in you, and you let God's word push out the lie, the stronghold. You let God demolish the stronghold with his word. Then last week I told you that we're not just going to meditate, but we're going to memorize it. Everybody says, I can't memorize. My mind, is it just doesn't work that way, Pastor Kevin. You just don't get it. And I will say this, my mind does not work that way. And I used that excuse for many, many years not to memorize God's word. But then I had to figure out what works for me. I had to figure out what does it take for me to know God's word. Now, listen, I did not memorize God's word when I was a pastor. I didn't memorize God's word because I had to. I memorized God's word for survival. Okay, this is me. I had to have God's word here because the enemy was fighting me every single day, speaking lies in my life. And I had to use God's word to drown him out. So what I did is I would I would write it on a piece of paper. Sometimes I would get a, 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 my prayer journal out and I would write it 10 times. Same thing over and again, kind of like they did in school. You know, I will not talk back to the teacher any longer. And you had to do it like a thousand times on a chalkboard. You all remember that? Nobody had to do that. That was just me. OK. Um. But we, 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 we rewrite it. We rewrite it. I even took things and I would rephrase and I put it in my words that I could actually comprehend it. I wasn't twisting God's word. I was just making it to where I could apply it in my life. So we not only meditate on God's word, we memorize God's word. And it leads to today. Today is kind of the culmination of every single week because today I want to talk with you about the payoff. 
I've talked with you about, I've helped you recognize the stronghold, and I help you recognize how you demolish the stronghold through God's Word, through meditating and memorizing. Today I want to talk with you about what's the payoff. What do we get when we go on this very hard journey, when we start to fight for our minds, when we start to fight for the power of God in our lives? What is the payoff is what I want to talk with you about today, because the fact is, if we're just... Uh, if we're just on this journey and we just we just kind of want to eke by, well, I'll tell you right now, you can do that pretty easy and you don't have to memorize God's word. You don't have to meditate on it. You kind of eke by and just kind of get along. When you have problems, you run to the pastor and you say, I got this problem. Will you help me out? And you'll get a you'll get a verse. And you go, oh, that's a good verse. I'll take that. You know, oh, I'll take that. But the fact is, every single one of us in the journey we're on have to surrender our minds to the power of God. Because our minds will defeat us. Our minds will destroy us. And our minds, if not careful, will find our lives at a place that we never thought we'd ever be. So in this book that we're reading in Philippians, we hear that Paul, who who wrote most of the New Testament, he's in a prison. He's shackled up and guarded 24 hours a day. He has no freedom at all. And instead of whining, instead of complaining, instead of getting angry with God, what happens? Well, we're going to read today what happens to Paul. And Paul shows us an example of what we should do when we go through these very challenging places in our life. In the book of Philippians, 17 times, Paul says, Paul says something that's very profound. He says, joy or rejoice or be glad and some variants he's talking about no matter what you go through be glad because what you're going through is doing something greater than you would ever know he's given us a hope for life even though life doesn't look very hopeful right now so we stand to your feet this morning as we read philippians chapter 4 verse 4 through 8 and you're going to read along with me and i'm going to stop and pause and kind of focus in on some things so here's what it says paul writes off now remember once again before we read remember Paul is in prison. He's in chains. He's under a Roman guard 24 hours a day. He's basically in jail. But here's how he starts it off. He says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. What? Now, he says, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to what? How often? Does that mean when the bills are short? Yes. Boy, some of you failed the test already. Does that mean when sickness is in our body? Yes. I'll keep it all yes so you all can get it right. Does that mean whenever things aren't going right in your marriage, what do you do? Do you rejoice always? Because why? Paul is saying, listen, (laughs) you know where I'm at? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. Then he goes on to say this in verse 5. He says, let your gentleness be evident in all. The Lord is near. Verse 6. Here's here's kind of the, the crux of what we're going today. It says this. Do not be what? Do not be stressful, worrisome. Don't try to control the way things are going because you can't ever control what happens. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But what are we going to do? In every situation. In how many situations? Okay, every situation, all, all-consuming situations. By prayer and what? Petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And it says this in verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, he says, what a, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, 
Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. What are we going to do? We're going to what? Say it with me. Think about such things. What are we going to do? We're going to focus on what? What is true? What is noble? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? What is admirable? What is excellent? And I say, every time I say it, I think of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Uh, excellent. Whatever is praiseworthy, this is what should consume our minds. This is the will of God for us. Father, help us today to hear your word. But God, not just to hear it, be doers of it. The steps that I'm going to talk about today are very simple, yet God, very hard. So I pray that God, you open up our hearts and help us to hear your truth and be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask a question today as you're being seated. What causes you stress? What causes you anxiety? What causes you to wake up at 3 a.m.? Wide awake and your mind is just rolling with thoughts, with feelings, with emotions. What causes you stress? Now, I I did this in the first service. Help me out. I just want you, whenever you have something, keep it general. Don't point to anybody. But I want you to give me what is something that possibly in your life causes you stress or anxiety. Just say, raise your hand. I'll call on you. Who wants to go first? I can call on you if you don't want to. Okay. Relationships. What else? Sickness. Money. Money. Parenting. Someone else. Work. Yeah. Anybody else over here? Quiet gallery over here? Quiet people? Huh? Kids? Yeah, yeah. Anybody else got anything else I haven't said? Yeah. School. Good one. Lily? The future. Dun, dun, dun. The future. We'll be, in, we'll be in flying cars. And we'll be wearing Nikes that tie themselves. If you saw it, it happened. Fact is, every single one of us have a stress in our lives. Every single one of us have something that consumes us, that gives us anxiety, that, that causes Our hearts to feel, our chest to feel heavy, our minds to be overwhelmed. Every single one of us have something that when it presses in, we feel it heavy within us. Because there's no such thing as an enjoyable life. Many times we have to endure life. We have to get from one day to the next to the next. In Christmas, for example, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. But yet, what is it? The most stressful Time of the year. You're trying to make everybody happy with schedules and running here and there and making all the meals and taking care of things. You're trying to buy your kids the perfect gift. And yet you need to resolve it will never be perfect. Because five minutes after they have it, they'll say, I don't really like this. There's always these things that press in. So today I want to think about. What are some practical steps at the conclusion of this Mastermind series? What are the practical steps that that take us from, okay, I recognize the lie the enemy has told me in the stronghold in my life. I recognize it's right here. Then, okay, now I'm going to get God's word. I'm going to find out what he says about that stronghold, and I'm going to memorize, I'm going to meditate on his word. I'm going to use it to fight the enemy. 
But then today I want to talk about, but then you get to this other place, other place where you walk in peace. But I want to just tell you something that is very difficult. You will walk in peace, but you will constantly have to fight for the peace that you now have. Because your mind is always trying to go back to this place called the stronghold. So I want to give you four practical steps found here in the Philippians chapter 4. Four practical steps that some of them I'm going to say and you're going to go, oh, no, duh, no, duh, Pastor Kevin. I get it. Oh, I get it. My question is, you get it, but do you do it? Because sometimes it's the no does that hit us the hardest because we're like, yeah, that makes sense, but I don't do it. Here's number one. First one. First one is this. Step one, worry about nothing. <laughs> Just that simple. Come on. Worry about nothing, guys. Turn to neighbor and say nothing. Turn to neighbor and say, don't worry. Be happy. Come on now. All right. Um, all right. Verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. Another translation says, do not fret or have any anxiety. Uh, King James says, be careful for nothing. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to worry about nothing. I know what you're saying. Well, that's real simple. That's real easy. But how do you do that? Well, let me just give you some facts. The fact is, every single one of us have two kinds of worries, studies tell us. Uh, There's a macro worry and there's a micro worry. The macro worry is a universal worry that we all have to deal with. Worry of the planet. Worry of, of uh, uh, one day the world coming in. That's a universal feeling from all the humanity. Uh, so economics and things like that. That's all of us are universal in the macro worry. But there is a micro worry that's very specific to you. Things that you worry about, others may be able to uh, have compassion and maybe understanding, but they'll never feel the worry you feel about that thing because it's very personal to where you're at. And here's the facts. The facts are that worry does not add a single day to our lives. This is what Jesus said. What does a man profit through worry? He can profit nothing. There's nothing we gain through worry. In fact, uh, when we worry, we're actually trying to play God when we worry. Uh, one scientist proved this one thing about worry, of all the things you worry about. of your worries will never happen. You're worried about things that will never happen. You will, I pray never, I pray you will never get your car stuck on the side of the road and you need help and you're, you're sitting out on the dark road and you're trying to get the car started and you do get it started and you drive off and you get home, you get out and you shut the door and there's a hook hanging from the from the handle because the hook man was after you. I hope that never happens to you. But if you're worried about it, guess what? 40% chance it'll never happen to you. Right? 40% of the things that we worry about are never going to happen. 30% of the worries are concerning your past. You can't do anything about them anyway. They're in your past. So that means 70% of the things we worry about aren't even valid. Well, then I'll go even further. 17% of the worry you have is about your health. Now, if you're young, this hopefully is not true for you. But with every year that goes by, and with all my buddies that we get together, I find out more and more this is true. We worry more and more about our health. I mean, 
uh, we go out to lunch and we talk about the medications we're taking. I feel like we're in the old folks home. We need it. We're just one step away from the grave. I'm like, I'm depressed, guys, because we're talking about how bad our health is. Well, I'm on 37 pills a day. I got to get an organizer. You know, I mean, we worry about our health, which if you worry about your health, can I tell you something? You actually will become more sick by worrying about your health. Go figure. So seven. So that's. Uh, 92% of all the worry that we have in our lives come from things we can't do anything about, and some make it worse than others. Only 8% of our worry in life are actually legitimate. Worry is worthless. You can't change your past. You can't, you can't do something about something you know possibly will never happen. And you can't change your future. Matthew 6:34, Jesus says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough griefs and trouble of its own. So what are we going to do? Step number one, we're going to what? Say it with me. We're going to worry about nothing. That was really bad. Let's say it again. Here we go. Step one is we're going to worry about nothing. Step two is this. We're going to pray about everything. We're going to pray about everything. I mean, you pray about every single stinking thing that comes in your mind of worry. Whatever it is. How big or small or trivial you might think it is. It says in Philippians, or yeah, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, In every situation, by prayer and petition, by prayer and petition, what is a petition? A petition is different than prayer. Prayer, I would say, prayer is one of those things where you just kind of do a, a shotgun prayer up to God. Okay, God, bless my kids today. Give them a good day. Okay, God, I pray that you help me at my job today to do well and perform well. God, I thank you so much for your blessing in life. And I just ask you to help me do well with my finances. That's, that's, uh, that's what I would call prayer. It's just kind of talking with God, kind of laying it out there. But petition is different. Petition is exactly what we think about when we think of petition. If we want some kind of law or some kind of ruling change, what do we do? We get a petition. And then what do we do? We go around and have people sign that petition. And then we continually talk about and bring awareness to the need at hand. So here's what, here's what Paul is saying. He says, listen, you have worry and anxiety. You're not just going to pray about it. You're going to petition God as often as you need to, to help you demolish. Remember what I said? The stronghold. So if, if it's, uh, if it's money, if money is your, is the, uh, anxiety, stressful thing in your life, not having enough money or uh, financial collapse in the economic world, whatever that is, say money is it. Well, you take the scripture that says, uh, I have a God who owns everything. And because he owns everything, if I return my 10% back to him, he promises me through Malachi that he will give me such a blessing that I won't be able to stand it. So here I am. Here I am in my worry and anxiety, but God's word tells me and meditate and memorize. God tells me that I'm going to meditate and I'm going to memorize that word that he says, test me and see that I will not. Uh, if, you, that if you give 10 percent, test and see that I will not open the floodgates of heaven and I will not bless you beyond your imaginations. Boom. Right there. Meditate and memorize. So I'm sitting here. I'm anxious about my finances. I'm anxious about the world. I'm anxious about social, the social economics that are all around us. And yet what I need to do to demolish the stronghold, remember God's word. I write the check and I go back and I watch the stronghold begin to demolish because my worry is defeated by the truth of God. Don't panic. Petition. 
in everything, we're going to bring it to God. Uh, Philip's version says, when you pray, tell God every detail of your need. Some of you today, whenever I talk about worry or anxiety, some of you, you have real legitimate needs. Like you have huge legitimate needs and you're like, this is a big one. This is a big one. And some of you feel like your thing is very small. I just want to tell you, even in the smalls, God cares. And God doesn't want you to worry about the smalls. If it's important to you, petition God for it. Does that mean you're going to get it? Nope, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're going to get it. He's not a, he's not a genie in a bottle. Rub it and see what happens and if get your wish and it comes true. That's not how God works. But if you petition God, what you're doing, see the petition in prayer is not for God. The petition in prayer is for you to remind yourself who's in control, to remind yourself God has it, to remind yourself that God will bring you through. Take our problems to the Lord. Take our anxieties to the Lord. And allow him to bring about his peace. Uh, another version says this says you can throw your whole weight, uh, the whole weight of your anxieties upon him because he has a personal concern for you. The insight here is this. There is no problem that is too big for God and no and, and God's power and too small for his concern. God cares for where you're at. God cares for you. So we're going to Worry about nothing. We're going to pray and petition about everything. And step three, here's the third one. We're going to thank God for all things. It says in everything, give thanks. Good news says this, always asking him for with a thankful heart. The attitude of truly gratitude will challenge and change your life. Ungrateful people, I don't know if you've ever met one or two in your life, but I have. I've met a lot of ungrateful people in my life. And I will say this, ungrateful people are some of the most unhappy people I've ever met in my life. Ungrateful people that don't recognize God's blessing, they don't recognize how God has poured out good stuff on them. They are miserable and unhappy people, and honestly, no fun to be around. I don't know about you, I don't like being around them. They're doggy downers, man. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you know, you're totally bringing me down. Just get away, you know. I'm like, take your anxiety someplace else, because uh, God cares for you, but I don't care for you right now. So just move out of the way. Now, if you're married to that person, it's a little harder to do. But, you know, you got to figure that out yourself. You chose to marry him in the first place. So, so you, you need to uh, ungrateful people, unhappy people. So we have to, all of us, develop an attitude of gratitude. Now, I will say this. There are some people that, you guys know who these are, and you, you're in here today. I won't look at you, and, and your, hopefully your spouse doesn't look at you either, or your kids. But there's some of you here today, you're just a, you're just a, shoo, shoo. You're just kind of like, Boom, like Eeyore, man, it's not good, not good. I mean, you know, everything, I mean, you walk out, the sun is shining, you know. You don't say, oh, look at this great day, it's going to be a great day. You go, I better take my umbrella, it's probably going to storm later today, right? I mean, you, you get in your car and it starts up and it's driving just fine, and you're like, wow, you know, my car, this is great, my car started again, it's 35 years old and it started again, thank God. You know, no, you're the type of person, you get in the car and you're like, Oh, it started today, but what about after work? Will I ever get home? I mean, you have, there's, some people are just born with this bend of being more kind of worrisome than others. That's definitely true. But it doesn't negate the fact that no matter if you're bent that way or not, God wants to transform by the renewing of your mind. He wants to demolish the stronghold. He wants you to meditate and memorize his word so that you can find freedom from those worries in your life. And one of the ways that I want you to start, if this is you, if you tend to be more negative or maybe you just tend right now in your part of your life, you're just not a real um, 
thankful person, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I want you to sit down this week and I want you to write down 10 things that you're grateful for. Now, I know some of you who you're kind of a negative person. You're like, 10? Okay, start with three. I'm going to make it easy. Give me one. Just give me one. You know, what? Be, th- be thankful that, you know, I mean, if you have to look under a rock, look behind every tree, try to find one thing you're grateful for. You know, be grateful that, oh, I'm so, I'm so grateful that, you know, I, I breathe today. I, I can actually breathe. I'm not underwater. You know, be thankful that you can, you can live life. Be, find something to be thankful for and start to begin to give God thanks. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything and thank God for all the things in your life. And step number four is this. Think about the right things. Verse eight says, whatever is lovely. Whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Make right choices. Choose. Be choosy about what you let in here. Be picky. I've, I've met. Now, I know me. I'm different. I've met some picky eaters in my life. Uh, if you guys know a picky eater, you know what I'm talking about. Not my problem, people. I don't, I'm looking at me. I'm not a picky eater at all. You put it in front of me, I'm going to try it. Only I'm picky, but I don't like seafood. Anything from the water, nope. Not going to eat it. Sorry. Don't like it. Let it stay in the water. I like my things to have four legs walking around on land. You know? So, so this is the thing. That, that um, think about the right things. But that you have to be choosy about what you let in. If you have worry and anxiety, let me just say this. If you have worry and anxiety about uh, certain things, maybe you need to stop watching some of the shows that are reinforcing what your worry is. Hmm. Come on. Kevin. Woo! That was good. If you have a problem with your mouth and saying the words you shouldn't say... Maybe stop watching the movie that's riddled with 150 F-bombs. Come on. <laughs> Preach, Kevin. Preach. If you're struggling with, uh, with pornography and you're struggling with sexual addiction, maybe stop watching the shows that are riddled with sensuality and sexuality. Because, see, if we're not choosy about what we let in, Hey, we can meditate and we can memorize, but if we overhear, we're filling our minds with it again. How can the stronghold ever be broken? Hmm. Strongholds are not broken. You don't take a drug addict and tell them he's going to say, I'm going to get off drugs. I'm going to cut. I'm going to quit. You don't take an alcoholic and they say, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. What's the first thing to tell you in the AA? Get rid of the friends that drink alcohol and get rid of the influence that are out there and set yourself apart because you'll never be successful if you hang around those same people. You don't take a drug addict that's hooked on drugs. You say, they say, I want to get off drugs and I want to get free of drugs, so I'm going to hang out in the drug house. They ain't going to get free. And we, as Christ followers, have to understand that what we allow in here will come out in our lives. Say, whoa, that turned serious pretty fast. Serious stuff. Because as we think, we go. 
our life unfolds. Proverbs 23, 7. Whatever I think about, I become. So I want to think about what's noble, what's true, what's admirable, what's lovely, what's pure, what's excellent, what's praiseworthy. That's what I want to focus in here. I cannot stand gossip. And I get around people that love gossip and it turns my stomach because here's why. I don't need to know about other, everybody else's crap in their life. I got my own to deal with. Why do I want to hear about it? I, I have been on a journey for the last couple of years to set myself away from that stuff. Because I don't need it to fill me. Because I want to focus on whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable. Whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, that is what I need to focus my mind. Be choosy about what you eat. Be picky about the things you allow in. And if you will, here's what verse 7 says. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 says this. If we will do this, if we will do this, if we will, if we will uh, worry about nothing, pray about everything, give thanks, uh, thank God for all things, and we focus on the right things, verse 7 says this. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That word guard, that word guard in there, is actually a, a translation that whenever the readers would read that back in Paul's time, they would understand exactly what it meant. Here's what it meant. A 24-hour 7 watch over your mind. God says, you meditate on my word, you memorize my word, you be choosy about what you allow in, you give thanks to me for all that I have done for you, and I promise I will give you peace to watch around your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He will stand guard for each and every one of us. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, help us today to hear this series that has challenged us in the, the things that we allow to come into our minds, our thoughts, our anxieties, our worries, our stresses. God, all of us are common to them. They, they, they are... They plague our lives. God, your desire is to demolish the stronghold. The, de the stronghold is demolished through the power of your word, through meditating and memorizing it. But God, also, we must be choosy about what we allow to come in. Some of us today, God, feel overwhelmed with life. Some of us feel overwhelmed with the journey that we're on. God, only your peace, only your peace can change us, walk through the very dark times of our lives. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but with constant prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart your mind in Christ Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on Heaven's mercy seat. Holy, 
why I chose this song to sing is because one of the greatest ways to overcome your anxiety, to overcome your stress, is by giving God glory, praising God, giving Him center of your life. See, because we become consumed with our life because our God is smaller than our problems. But when we praise Him and when we glorify Him, when we make Him bigger, He obliterates, He he demolishes the problems in our life because we recognize, you know what, God? You got this. I can trust you through this circumstance. So I'm just going to come to you. I'm just going to. There's times, guys, I'm in my car. I, I can't take both hands off the wheel. But man, I'm worshiping God. I'm giving praise to God because I know He's bigger. And some of you today, I'm going to just give you a challenge. Some of you today, that's what God's calling you to. You want to see Him overcome the challenges in your life? You want to see Him give you strength? Then I'm going to encourage you. Step out from where you're at. We're going to open up the time. Just come down and worship. We just want to have a time where you're just saying, you know what? My future is in God's hands. I'm just going to go to the one who has my future. I'm going to trust the one who has my future. My finances, they're in God. I'm going to honor him, and he's going to take care of my family. They're God's. So I'm going to give them back to him. I'm not going to control them. I'm going to give them back to him. So as we sing this song again, just step out from where you're at. Come down and let's worship the great and mighty God. before you and honestly God we just say we're overwhelmed because God life gets tough we're overwhelmed because the journey at times is very hard and our minds have been consumed in believing the lies of the enemy but today God we take it back and we say no longer will that be true no longer will we stand and we will, no longer will we just believe because God we're going to worry about nothing We're going to bring our prayers and petitions before you. We're going to give thanks for the good things that you have done. And most importantly, God, we're we're going to surrender and we're going to have our thoughts focus on whatever is noble, pure, and lovely, admirable, and excellent. We're going to allow you, God, to bring about the change that only you could bring. When I become overwhelmed, when I become anxious, God, help me to be reminded that you're bigger, you're greater. Your power goes beyond the depths and the ends of the earth. There is nothing impossible for you, God. So today we can celebrate the fact that you are the master of our minds. 
that you are the master of our minds, that we're going to demolish strongholds, but not through our strength, through the power of your word. We're going to meditate on your word. We're going to memorize your word. And we're going to take it, and we're going to slay the enemy, and we're going to see the power of God become authentic and real in our lives. No longer will we be dictated or determined or defined by our thoughts. No, no, we're going to allow you, God, to define who we are. We're going to allow you, God, to direct our course in our lives. Because that is who you call us to be. The mountains shake before you. The demons run free. At the mention of your name, King of There is no power in hell. Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m. and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.